Let's just say I put him in a hole and threw away the hole. And welcome to the Suicide Squad cast. This is the DC Universe podcast where we discuss the upcoming Suicide Squad movie as well as all of the other DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. Yeah, we're all big fans of what DC Comics is doing on the big and small screen, so we want to make sure we talk all about it. Yep, so thanks for joining us today, and I just want to go ahead and get us started. So first of all, my name is Tim. And I'm Scott, and are we excited to be here with you tonight? So Tim, how's your week gone? Uh, Well, this has been, you know, it's been a pretty good week. Um, Busy as usual. I think we're both going to give that answer pretty much every week. But uh, this week, I've had kind of a little fun around my house. Uh, I've been doing some chipmunk relocation, and uh, we've had a little chipmunk problem. Uh, they're all kind of getting ready for winter, and so they've been trying to nest up in, into our vinyl siding on the outside of our house, and so that's just not acceptable. And have they been singing 50s music to you, too? <laughs> uh, they may as well have been, so it's... <laughs> yeah, so not quite the chipmunks I was hoping for, but uh, yeah, so just relocated about five of them this week week. So uh, they all have a new home in the cemetery not too far from my house. Oh, wow. Okay. I got to continue the Jeremy Irons man crush after last week's episode. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I found a movie from 1997, a film adaptation of Lolita that he was the lead in. And I was so happy to finally get to to see that because anyone who may be familiar with the novel that that movie is based on, Jeremy Irons did the narration for the audio book, I think because he played the main character in the movie and so I'd heard about the movie it's been out of print for years and I found it on Amazon video and so I just rented it and watched it on my TV last Sunday and it was like yay (laughs) the man crush continues and we also uh, missed Jeremy Irons birthday didn't we you tweeted about that like the day before the last episode dropped yeah so anyway hey how about we get on to the news here oh yeah definitely so let's start off with some Suicide Squad news because we are the Suicide Squad cast yes Um, so Violet Davis, our very own cinematic Amanda Waller, won an Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series. Yeah, it's for her uh, show. Uh, it's on ABC called How to Get Away with Murder. Now, have you seen this show, Tim? No, you know, I actually have not. And I think we're kind of in the same boat. Neither you or I seem to watch a whole lot of network TV, and uh, th- this being one of them. But I was actually pretty excited because I've heard a lot of really great things about the, the show, and I just saw that we now have the first season on Netflix. So I've got that in my queue, and and uh, I'll probably, within the next couple of weeks here, I'll begin to uh, just kind of dig into that show and just see what it's all about. So, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty excited to, to do it. It's going to have to be in the next couple of weeks for me because pretty soon all the other TV shows are going to start <laughs> popping up and I'm going to run out of time. Yeah, well, I think I've already run out of time, but uh, mm-hmm. I'll squeeze them in there somewhere. Yeah, so uh, congratulations, uh, Viola Davis. Uh, that's that's awesome. This is really a great thing here because um, she's getting a lot of a great attention at the right time. And, and we're going to be leading right into uh, the Suicide Squad movie around this time frame next year. How fantastic. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, happy birthday, Deadshot. Oh, yeah, today is Will Smith's birthday, 47 years old. Wow. Yeah. Happy birthday, Will. Yeah, so good for him. But yeah, so, you know, there's not a lot of Suicide Squad news this week, but, you know, we're always going to kind of lead off on that, but uh, we're going to talk just as equally about all the other DC movie news. So we are six months away from Batman v Superman as of today. Oh. 
thank goodness. Please, please, <laughs> please, please, please let that go move faster, move faster, move faster. Now, Scott, wasn't it just a year and a half ago we were saying, okay, you know, we're about two years away from this movie? Well, before then, we were actually a year away from the movie because remember, first it was supposed to re- be released this year yeah. and then it got delayed and that just killed me. Yeah, but at, at any rate, I, I definitely remember it being like 18 months away or a year and a half and and just that sitting there thinking that is so far away, but we are under six months' time. Oh, can't happen soon enough. <laughs> um, now, once again, it's another week where Zack Snyder is just out there. I want to know what happened. Who pulled the trigger on Zack Snyder <laughs> suddenly going off and making comments and having interviews? We go so long with nothing, and then now it's like every week there's something else to talk about. You know, he's obviously uh, promoting this Doritos event where he's gonna gonna be bringing in applications to do. I think the 10th annual Doritos commercial during the Super Bowl. And Zack Snyder is actually going to be part of it this time around. And and the winner of the contest is actually going to have a chance to work with Zack Snyder on an upcoming DC film in some capacity. Uh, I'm not sure what it'll be, but so it's pretty exciting. This will be the last commercial that they do for the Super Bowl. And uh, so he's been out doing a lot of interviews with different people, primarily about that event. And of course, you know, you have to ask Zack Snyder about the DC universe. Yeah, well, the reason I wanted to bring this up is that he made a comment that if you believe the headlines, which I've learned I never do, the headline was Zack Snyder says Batman v Superman is Man of Steel 2. Well, that's that's fact, actually, because that is exactly what the headline said. Right. That's maybe not exactly what he said. <laughs> Are you implying this is a clickbait situation? I'm not implying it. I'm stating it. I mean, <laughs> honestly, it, and part of me knew that when I clicked on the headline. And then, and I'm not going to throw any particular website under the bus because guess what? They all did it. Yeah. Every website did the exact same thing with their headline. And when you actually look at the quote of what Zack Snyder, he said, he said, quote, I think in a way Batman v Superman is Man of Steel 2. Mm-hmm. And if you read the context of his quote, he's talking about the fact that Batman v Superman literally picks up where Man of Steel left off. So it is a sequel. It's exactly a sequel. I mean, you look at the events. I mean, we had that wonderful trailer that came out that uh, we're going to touch on here shortly on uh, one of our future episodes, but that trailer was just phenomenal, and it completely continues on from where Superman left off. It is a sequel. It picks up where Man of Steel left off. As a matter of fact, it doesn't even pick up where Man of Steel left off. It rewinds and goes back to Man of Steel and just shows you a different perspective of one of the scenes from the movie. Yeah. So, the way I do not like that the headline is worded is that when Batman v Superman was first announced at Comic-Con like two years ago, it was Man of Steel 2. Yeah. And then became Batman v Superman. And we've already discussed in the previous episode about the, the nervous Nellies in the Superman community about Superman's role in the DCEU. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like headlines like that just does not help. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are just so worked up over this. And the fact of the matter is we are getting Superman and Batman together in a movie. Just those two characters. Let's just let's forget about all the other characters that are going to be uh, that we're going to be seeing together. Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Green Lantern, etc. Cyborg. Cyborg. I mean, we're seeing Superman and Batman in a film together. How could you complain about not having a dedicated sequel at this very moment? Tim, it's the internet. They can complain. Yeah, that's what we do. We just get upset. So it's it's this false outrage we always seem to just kind of drop into. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, this is not going to be the last one we're going to see dealing with this supposed Man of Steel 2 being shelved or not shelved. We're going to see some more stories on this. Yeah, and and then he continued on with his comment about how Justice League is kind of a transcendent Knights of the Round Table story. Uh, he says that it'd be interesting to think about what a standalone Superman movie might be, you know, and yeah, it 
it's just I, I just want everyone to calm down mm-hmm. there's going to be another Superman movie and even if it's a while before there's a standalone Superman movie Superman is going to be in all of these movies anyway yeah I mean so just to those of you out there that might be a little worked up over this we are getting it looks to be an incredible movie here coming up Batman v Superman leading right into Justice League movies if you would have asked us five years ago uh, how long was it going to be before we would see that the fact that we're just a couple years away or a few years away here from just seeing what we've been you know waiting to see our entire life I would just say let's just calm down and enjoy the ride and what about Mr. Jason Momoa Tim apparently he's been talking some too yeah so he was actually at the Joshua Tree International Film Festival and for those of you who don't know Jason Momoa has a independent film that he is part of and he was also producing called The Road to Paloma and so he's out there promoting this film and uh, he runs across this contributor to uh, a website called The Robot's Voice and she interviewed him and she started asking him some questions so he he basically kind of summarized the discussion and what was revealed was that in his costume there's probably going to be some bit of orange and green into the costume and uh, so that you know this has been something that a lot of the, the fanboys on the internet ju- have just gotten really worked up over we heard it with Wonder Woman we've heard it with Aquaman uh, the traditionals really want to see the bright green and the bright orange costume on Aquaman. And uh, and it sounds like, you know, Jason is acknowledging, yep, there's going to be a little nod to that. So what do you think of that, Scott? I'm getting Aquaman in the movie. Yeah. I don't really care. I mean, I thought the photo that Zack Snyder tweeted out like a year ago mm-hmm. will look awesome. awesome. <laughs> there are other words that I would use to describe it, but we're a clean podcast and yeah, I'm not allowed. That's right. Uh, however, the fact that he's already been scanned and there's going to be a line of collectible figures for Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping these are ones coming out from DC Collectibles because they do awesome yeah. action figures, and that just means more money coming out of my pocket. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, I mean, you're getting Aquaman, and not only are you getting Aquaman, you're getting Jason Momoa as Aquaman. I mean, seriously, do not get upset over colors in a costume. But, uh, you know, he also kind of made a comment in that same little discussion he had at the festival that, you know, Aquaman's going to be meaner now. You know, he's upset about what's been done to his oceans and that his world has been polluted. So it, it kind of like gave a little bit of insight into what might be some of the motivations that bring him into the Batman v Superman world. See, I always thought it was going to have something to do with what the world engine did at the end of Man of Steel, right. especially when you look at the part that wasn't in Metropolis, part that was over in the Indian Ocean. Yeah. And you just see how decimated that is after Superman defeats that half of the, of the world engine. And I always thought that that was where, you know, Aquaman might come up and go, who did this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, just uh, there's a, so much good stuff coming for us DC fans that I just can't wait. Six months, six, six months, months away. Six months. <laughs> and uh, well, you know, let's remember, uh, we don't have to wait just six months because we're probably going to get some other kind of trailer coming up here probably towards the end of the year. And, and with Zack Snyder involved in the Super Bowl commercial with Doritos, it's reasonable to think that we're going to get something shown during the Super Bowl. Now, is the Super Bowl, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not a big NFL guy. Uh, I'm college football. But uh, is Super Bowl like February? It's end of January, early February, depending okay. on the year. But uh, traditionally, it's, you know, when I was growing up, it was always end of January. And I think it's starting to creep a little bit into early February. Yeah, just just picture it's just at the end of January. And let's remember, you know, Batman v Superman uh, actually comes out in March 25th. So it's perfect timing to show something. So I think we are definitely going to see that. It's just going to be a great moment for, for us fans to, to see that in such a big event where everyone's going to have eyes on it. Um, so kind of moving on. Uh, 
on. Now, I'm, my memory's a little fuzzy here, Scott. So last week you had uh, a man crush on Jesse Eisenberg. Is that right? Shut up. Shut up. Oh. Shut up. Oh, wait, that was Jeremy Irons. But I think you had some things about Jesse Eisenberg. He He's still out uh, doing some press junkets, basically, for a book that he's, uh, he's releasing right now or that he's got out. And he went on to just continue to gush about Chris Terrio, uh, Chris Terrio, the screenwriter for Batman v Superman. And I want to share with you some comments that he makes. And I want to see if you've kind of changed your your views on uh, Jesse Eisenberg. So so Jesse went on to say, you know, Chris Terrio is absolutely phenomenal. He's interested in very sophisticated topics and discussions. Even though it's a superhero movie, people who don't necessarily see films in that genre will probably enjoy it. It discusses some very sophisticated and important themes. So does this help you like Jesse Eisenberg anymore? Go back to episode three, replay my comments. <laughs> they still stand. All right. Well, good. So he's still he's still Lex Luthor in your eyes, which is awesome. So it's not going to change. But uh, I mean, at least from my standpoint, I mean, there's really not a whole lot new here from what Jesse said, but it, it just I just continue to love hearing people gush about Chris Terrio. And uh, I cannot. Wait. That's true. Yeah, I cannot wait to see what he's got in store, because if you've seen Argo and I think we've talked about this a little bit, you know, he does such a great job of just trying to really build up uh, the characters and and um, you could see he's really trying to think and plan out and uh, flesh out every single thing that somebody says. I can't wait to see that just placed on top of a, a Batman v Superman movie. So, Tim, you told me that there was some screenwriter news that's coming up about Wonder Woman, you think, maybe, possibly? Yeah, so um, this was kind of rumored. Nothing's been confirmed at this point, but there's some. there's been some pretty, pretty good insider information suggesting that the pan screenwriter, Jason Fuchs, is, is scripting the Wonder Woman movie right now. But, you know, Warner Brothers has not confirmed anything up to this point. But, you know, Jason Fuchs has been out talking about his movie, which is coming out October 9th for Pan. And, of course, anyone who gets a chance to talk to him are just going to start asking him and just pressing him on his involvement with Wonder Woman. And he was very coy about, you know, being Wonder Woman's writer. You know, he, he just basically responded to the question. and was like, hey, you know, I've read the same reports about my involvement in Wonder Woman as you have. And we'll just kind of leave it at that. Um, but he went on to kind of say, you know, as, as a screenwriter and, you know, and, and I think he got his first big break in being pan screenwriter. He says, you re, you know, you really got to take advantage of it when a studio likes you because, you know, it may not last too long. And uh, we can probably say that with, you know, David Goyer as well, right? He seems to have fallen out of favor. But so it seems like he said when you work for DC, it's like working for the CIA because you have to have a vow of silence. And, you know, he was said, you know, I think even as we speak in this interview that Zack Snyder was going to come in here and just put a muzzle on him. So, <laughs> so anyway, I just thought that was kind of funny. So he he definitely is is talking like somebody that can't talk about what he is working on. So, you know, I think it's all but certain that he is Wonder Woman screenwriter at this point. But um, he kind of went on to say since a very young age, he was a huge fan of DC Comics. And uh, he just loved the, he called it the Troika of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. And he said, this is going to be a very different cinematic universe. It's a really specific, grand, slightly darker, and a grittier place. And he's he's comparing to the Marvel Universe. So it seems like uh, Jason Fuchs is kind of dipping his toes a little bit into this uh, this little bit of stuff kind of going back and forth with Zack Snyder and, and other people like Sebastian Stan. So, but it's kind of funny. He, he's, he's just uh, recapping the same thing that this is going to be darker. It's going to be grittier. And that's just what the DC Universe is. And uh, I don't know. So any thoughts on that? I, you know, I've it's getting to the point now that, you know, when everyone keeps talking about the DC Cinematic Universe being a darker, grittier place, I just, at this point, I felt like this terms of being overused. Mm-hmm. 
like just let it be what yeah. it is and can we someone break out a thesaurus and start saying something different because <laughs> right. i just feel like we're just repeating the same thing yeah. the one cool thing i like about what i what i read was that apparently he likes to write to the man of steel yes hans zimmer score which <laughs> i have to respect the man uh that's some pretty awesome music to write to yeah so which reminds me of how much i really really want to hear hans zimmer score for batman v superman because it's like i, I want to wait and see because he wrote the music for all the christopher nolan dark knight movies so i'm like what different kind of batman theme is he gonna come out with for batfleck that's what i want to hear well i so so you know he purposely hans zimmer was trying to separate himself from what uh he and christopher nolan did with uh the dark knight trilogy so they brought in junkie xl to do the batman score for batman v superman really yeah so i, I don't know if you knew this his name is tom hokenberg i believe so he actually uh he was the composer for mad max fury road so um so when it comes to the the batman theme in batman v superman he's kind of staying out of it and he's going to allow um hokenberg to um to uh compose that so that'll be really neat so it, it's it, it's likely to not have the typical hans zimmer flair to it but the two are working very closely together and uh in the end i i think it's going to have you know it's going to have a very familiar type of uh feel to it that you know we got with the dark knight trilogy and man of steel interesting yeah i want to know what that's i want to know what that sounds like i really want to know what that sounds like yes i mean you know you saw mad max fury road do you recall your impression of the the score in that uh only so much as the weird guy with the electric guitar who seemed to be like the soundtrack to the hunting party (laughs) as far as that that's the only part of the soundtrack that really sticks out in my head because it was it's a soundtrack that we're actually giving an explanation for where it's coming from okay which was i thought was an interesting twist on the film it was very meta i thought yeah so but other than that nothing about the mad max score really stuck in my craw well and i don't know how it could have uh, from everything i've heard and i I still have yet to be able to to watch the movie i mean it just seemed like it was such a a feast on the eyes in terms of the action you probably get lost in that and and not even really be able to take in the score so much well do you want to move on to uh kind of want to move kind of quickly through this but you just want to hit some uh, tv news yeah let's let's go ahead and do that well obviously since we talked about it last week uh gotham premiered this past monday season two episode one uh damned if you do was the name of the episode uh tim what were your thoughts about the episode well okay so we we went at great length talking about the things that we wanted to see change a little bit from last season and one of the things that i really wanted to see is i wanted to have an overall arc that would just kind of build up and continue throughout the season with the bad guys in the show and it looks like that's certainly what we're going to get the show episode one of season two introduced theo and tabitha galavan and they are like a brother and sister criminal mastermind and there was something really interesting about these characters they don't reveal a whole lot but they seem to be fairly connected with gotham and possibly they seem to me maybe part of the elite or the wealthy in gotham and so for those of you who've read scott snyder's um just wonderful court of owl series in the batman comic book uh it really makes you wonder if they might be planted 
planting some of the seeds of the Court of Owls storyline. So, Scott, you know, the, some of our listeners may not know so much about that series. Could you just give us a little summary of that? Okay. Well, it, it's in the it's the very first arc in the New Fifty Two Batman. It goes from about issue one to issue eleven, and the idea is that Court of Owls was this kind of Illuminati mm-hmm. uh, skull and bones kind of secret society in Gotham that was members of the wealthy and the elite kind of became a part of and they'd wear these creepy owl masks and they just sort of mm-hmm. ran it was like they were the rich people running pulling the strings from be- from behind the curtains and I, there's so many there's so much rich detail that I don't want to ruin if you have not read those issues like I said yeah. it's either issues 1 through 11 if you get the first two trades a Court of Owls and City of Owls or there's even an absolute edition coming out in a month or two. We know those nice DC oversized hardcovers, and it's going to have all 11 mm-hmm. issues in one. It is a fantastic yeah. story. You need to read it. And I am hoping there was an interview with Bruno Heller, who's the executive producer and creator of Gotham, and he said that the Court of Owls absolutely will play into the show at some point. Yeah, I saw that. It was the some point part that made me go but when (laughs) but he was being intentionally coy about when the court of owls were going to appear so i'm like are we talking season two or are we talking Mm -hmm. later on and he was intentionally being vague about that yeah and and heller was also talking about in that interview that one of the things he acknowledged from season one is that they kind of rushed some of the storylines along a little bit too fast and so he says you know what they're planning to do now is they want to stretch these things out quite a bit longer and uh if you know and this is the perfect storyline to do that you can you can actually start planting the seeds in this season and not even take the whole story to fruition this could be moved on to season you know three or four so i'm really looking forward to kind of seeing how this plays well i'm hoping that the court of owls might play into the wayne enterprise conspiracy that led to the death of the waynes that would be if i was talking about my fanboy wish list for gotham is that the Court of Owls played a major part in the Wayne murder, which would be mm-hmm. which yeah. would be different from the comic, but I think for the TV universe would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's just another great interpretation of the events that kind of led up to that, and and I wouldn't dismiss it at all. I think uh, I, I'd like to see how it all plays out and how they tie it out all together. Heller, in that same interview, he also said that they he felt like they made a mistake with season one that they just were trying to throw way too much into it and. So these are all good things. Like these are things that we in the fan community talked about that that we wish we, they could have maybe not put so much into season one. And it seems like you know the executive producer is acknowledging that, and he says, "Hey, we are trying to change that for season two. So I I've got very high hopes uh, as we kind of continue to move along on this show for this season. Okay, I I, tr- I know we try to stay positive on the show, but I just see the season two premiere just kind of gave me the exact same kind of meh feeling that the pilot did and I just I felt like it went back to having a lot 
lot of weird, goofy elements in it, like that first episode did, that I felt like by the end of season one, they'd kind of gotten rid of. And then I was just mm-hmm. disappointed that they brought it back for season two. Uh, the one thing, though, the one scene that stuck out to me that was awesome was the Riddler talking to himself in the mirror. That scene was <laughs> yeah. awesome. I yeah, loved that. Was good. that. And, and once again, it's one of the situations where it's like, why didn't we get more Eddie in that episode? Because, oh my yeah. God, that scene was amazing. Yeah, there's a lot of really neat things happen. So, like, obviously the Penguin, he is now the prime boss. He's he's the head boss in all of Gotham City. And uh, they they actually established that very well in the first episode, if you haven't seen it. And it actually, some real interesting things kind of happened to Gordon in this. He may have opened up a Pandora's box for himself. He, he ends up doing some things that ties him quite a bit more to Cobblepot. And, uh, you know, these are things that he may end up regretting quite a bit or may come back to haunt him, you know, as this, as the show progresses. So I really want to see how they get his character to move beyond uh, some of the decisions that he made in that first episode. Well, and another character who definitely got more screen time than we saw in season one was the character of Jerome, uh, who yeah. I, it just hit me while I was watching the premiere that I wonder if that's a nod to Jerry Robinson. And for those of you who don't yeah. know, Jerry Robinson is really the artist who is credited with the character design for the Joker. Uh, he and mm-hmm. Bill Finger, and depending on reports, whether Bob Kane was actually involved in the creation of the Joker or not, I tend to fall in the camp of the, it was Bill Finger doing the writing and Jerry Robinson doing the drawing. Uh, that really led to the creation of that character. But I wonder if because the Jerome character is kind of the proto-Joker, and I don't really believe that he is the Joker in the series, no. but I wonder if them him being named Jerome is just a, a little wink and a nod to Jerry Robinson and the beginnings of a Joker character in Gotham. Yeah, Scott. No, I hadn't heard that talked anywhere else uh, about the, the connection between the two, but I think you're spot on. That, that makes complete sense that they would have done that, uh, tie it directly to the creator. That's that's really neat. I'm, I'm glad you caught on to that and, and pointed that out because I, I think you're probably right on with that. So I was very interested in some of this Supergirl news that you mentioned because Supergirl's a TV show that I hope we get a chance to talk about more in the future. Mm-hmm. But you saw that the actor who was playing Red Tornado is also playing Dr. Morrow. Yeah, Dr. T.O. Morrow. So so this is going to be pretty interesting. Uh, for those of you who don't really know the history of this character, Red Tornado is uh, he's an android created by the scientist Dr. T.O. Morrow. And in this case, you know, they're, they're separate characters. The the scientist T.O. Morrow is actually a bad guy. And it seems like this actor has been cast to play both roles. And so that'll be real interesting. I, I think what they're probably going to end up doing in the show is you're going to have T.O. Morrow create this android. And he's supposed to be the most advanced android that the world has ever seen. And uh, he's probably going to be fashioned after himself. And so I'm expecting this actor is probably going to play both well, roles. Well, and that's been done before. If for anyone who's a fan of Young Justice, they had a great episode mm-hmm. that dealt with Red Tornado, and the voice of the Red Tornado was also the voice of Dr. Morrow. So that's a trope that has been played before, so it's not anything to be scratching your head about, I think, when it comes to the Supergirl TV show. Yeah, yeah. so I don't know. The more and more I see about this, I'm just getting more excited uh, for the show to just premiere. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It, I'm expecting it to be a lot like uh, the How the Flash was, and, and just a really nice change of pace for the DC Universe. You know, and Supergirl's just a fun character, and, and the actress, Melissa Benoist, I mean, she just came off as completely charming.
stunning and in my view just completely perfect for that role so have you seen the pilot uh i've seen part of it oh yes. well they had that uh it was was it about a six minute oh yes the, the first look yes yeah yeah those are all scenes taken directly okay so from you the didn't pilot. see the leaked pilot i saw part of it i remember one of the facebook pages i went to somebody had just linked the entire pilot i think in three different segments and i did watch part of it i don't think i ended up watching the whole thing but i definitely liked what i saw but i'm in no hurry to see it you know i don't need to have it right now there's a lot of other things that i'm enjoying watching and uh i'll just you know i'll be looking forward to it when it comes out i'll be waiting for it it's hd glory on my television that's what i have to say about that so. <laughs> that's right yeah and as we talked about that before you know I, I i try not to subject myself to inferior presentations of the material as much as possible excuses 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 that's, that's all i'm hearing from you tim <laughs> so actually so scott now this was something that i saw and i was hoping you could give us a little more background the dc animated universe is actually going to be releasing a special edition of batman the animated series can you tell us a little bit more about that okay mondo i don't know a lot about this company except for they do tend to make collector artwork and they have been releasing vinyl albums of different things and what they've got coming out soon in november are vinyl records that are the complete scores for episodes of Batman the Animated Series. Hmm. And each vinyl comes with sort of a 30s, 40s movie poster inspired artwork that the sleeves that the vinyl sits in. And oh my God, the artwork is just beautiful. I saw some of those. They they have these kind of retro movie poster, uh, just presentations of, uh, I guess, each of the villains in the one episode almost got them. Uh, they got, they, uh, that's actually going to be a, uh, like a handbill for almost got them. And then each episode that there's a soundtrack to has its own artwork. The Beware the Grey Ghost, which is, oh my God, one of my favorite episodes because, <laughs> spoiler alert, Adam West is a voice in that episode. Yeah. And it is such a love letter to watching old television shows that inspire new material. It's a fantastic episode. If, if you've got, if you're an Amazon Prime member, every episode of Batman the Animated Series is free streaming. Go watch Beware the Grey Ghost. It is a treat of an episode. Wow, that's new. I didn't know that was on Amazon right now. Oh yeah, all the, is that recent? No, actually, it's been like oh, for a year now. If you're really? if you're a Prime member, you, you can stream the entire thing free because on Amazon you get all of Batman the Animated Series, and on Netflix you can get Batman Beyond and Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I actually have the box set, so when I've watched them, I've just watched it from uh, the DVDs themselves. But uh, that'll make it a little easier for me to pick one of those up whenever I want to. Now, Tim, are you a bit of a gamer? Uh, so I used to be. What took away my title as being a gamer was just having two kids and I just do not have the time that I used to have but I used to love playing Call of Duty and Halo Halo was the big one where me and a bunch of our friends would all get together and just network our boxes up and just play that but but in terms of like just playing solo games I really got into Batman Arkham Asylum oh that was a great game yeah that was just a great game and and uh, I actually just recently played it and it took me about three months to finally get through the whole thing but uh, I just recently played it again and and just played it all the way through and it's such a fun game and 
I started Arkham City, but that was right around the time that my son was born, so I just never quite got back to it. But uh, I definitely want to get back to it. But uh, tell us what's coming out. Well, this summer, I I broke down. I bought a next-gen system. I bought a PS4 because I was able to get the limited-edition Batman one that came with Arkham Knight, the final game in Rocksteady's Arkham series. And I loved it. It was <laughs> wonderful. It was creepy. I, I should not be playing that game at 1 o'clock in the morning like I was because uh, yeah. I also had to wait till my wife and son were asleep. But the beauty was, was that I was one of those people who I purchased the season pass uh, with the game. And that was like 30, 40 bucks. But mm-hmm. they promised six months of regular content. And they're delivering. Um, just this week, they have released the original Arkham Asylum skin. Uh, for those of you who maybe aren't that aware, but if you're listening to this podcast, how do you not know? Uh, mm-hmm. You can download different skins so that as you're playing as Batman in the game, you can play as different versions of Batman. And mm-hmm. so this week they released the way Batman looked in Arkham Asylum all the way back in the first game. And they also released two racetracks where you get to drive the Tumblr from the Christopher nice. Nolan films. Uh, <laughs> on Tuesday, they're releasing some more of their what they call their augmented reality challenges, which are basically just, you know, little mini levels uh, that don't have story. They just have objectives. And they're but they are releasing um, a brand new story mission that's set after the events of Arkham Knight, where you get to play as Nightwing, and it's called GCPD Lockdown. Mm. I won't go into details because it would be spoilerific for Arkham <laughs> yeah. Knight. That game does not need to be spoiled. But they have already announced October. They're getting more skins. You get the 1966 skins for Catwoman and Robin. There's going to be racetracks with that Lincoln Futura uh, 66 Batmobile. And mm. there's also going to be a Catwoman story called Catwoman's Revenge. And if you've played Arkham Knight, you know who she's getting her revenge on. And that's going to be another uh-huh. story mission, which I have been loving these story missions. It's like getting a little mini mission, like one of the side missions from Arkham Knight, mm-hmm. but you get to play as a different character and you get to play it separately from the game. So they already have the Harley Quinn one. They have the Red Hood one, the Batgirl one. And so now we're about to get a Nightwing one and a Catwoman one. Oh, wow. Uh, now, the cool thing, though, is that a lot of fans apparently got up in arms because when they released the Tumblr tracks, they did not release an accompanying Christian Bale skin because they mm-hmm. did that with a 1989 Batmobile and a Michael Keaton skin. And they were like, well, where's our Christian Bale? And Sefton Hill, the co-founder of Rocksteady, went on Twitter and said, we hear you. We are working on it. By the end of the year, we will have a Christian Bale skin. But the cool thing is, is that he asked the fans, which one do you want? The Batman Begins costume or the Dark Knight costume? And you can contact Sefton Hill on Twitter at Sefton Hill, S-E-F-T-O-N-H-I-L-L, hashtag BatPeoplePower, and put in your vote for which Christian Bale skin you'd like to have. I've already voted and I want the Dark Knight skin. So if you want the Batman Begins skin, you better tweet him and cancel my vote out. Well, I'll tell you what, Scott. You know, I need to get on top of this and uh, pick up this latest game. And actually, I need to get through City first, and then I need to pick up this latest game. Oh, yeah, you have to get through City first. No spoilers, but you have to finish City first. Yeah, and that's what I've that's what I've understood as well. So, But, uh, yeah, so that's uh, – we'll call that an early New Year's uh, resolution that I'm going to go ahead and, and finally kind of get back and kind of get in the groove of playing some of these games again. Uh, my kids are old enough now that 
um, I don't really have the excuse that I used to have. So I'm going to man up and uh, try to get my gamer tag back. Whatever. I don't see it happening. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I, I sense a little reverse psychology. This is this is much like the reverse psychology used on me back when we first met uh, as we were scientists up in Antarctica at that scientific outpost. Um, that's actually where we first kind of started talking about uh, doing this podcast. But I see what you're doing there, Scott. Eh, well, you know, whatever keeps you warm at night. <laughs> that's right. So, hey, um, let's move on. Uh, let's touch on this real quick. You had a couple other things that you wanted to talk about with DC Comics. Let's let's pop through this real quick. Yeah. Um, well, we are the Suicide Squad cast, and Harley Quinn's going to play a major part in that. And there was an interesting comic that came out this week. Uh, Scooby-Doo! Team-Up number 12 <laughs> came out this week, and it actually features a team-up with Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, uh, the versions you see from Batman the Animated Series. And it's one of those comics that, because Harley Quinn's the hot thing right now, if Harley yeah. Quinn's in something, it sells well. And yeah. it's Scooby-Doo team-up, so it doesn't have a very large print run. And even before Wednesday's release date, issues of this comic book were on eBay for like $30. And the comic is like a $2.99 cover price. <laughs> and I only knew about this because my local comic book store was limiting customers to one issue. Like, if you came in and you wanted Scooby-Doo team-up number 12, <laughs> it was only one issue, please. But they were... They were they were awesome guys at my comic shop. Uh, that's at Kingdom Comics on Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, they had already pulled a copy for everyone who already subscribes to the Palmiati, Amanda Connor, Harley Quinn series. So yeah. I have my issue. I haven't read it yet, but I'm looking forward to some interesting reading. <laughs> I'm going to have to go ahead and look for that. I mean, I don't think I'm going to have the problem that you're going to have to get a hold of it or, or some people. It sounds like you've already got yours uh, reserved, but uh, I'll just pick it up on Comixology and, and just, just go ahead and read it. But yeah, this is going to be pretty interesting. I, um, you know, my daughter is starting to get into the Batman animated series comics, and uh, this might be a really neat one to go ahead and let her read. So, well, and they're all, and since you're a digital guy, um, yeah. I mean, they're all they're they're digitizing all of those right now, and that's fantastic. Right. Yeah, that is cool. All right, so moving on, uh, one last thing on this, Scott, before we kind of wrap this up. So, I was listening to a podcast on the way home from work today, and it's um, it's something I'd never heard before, but I I saw that there was an interview with my. Michael Uslan. Uh, the name of the podcast is Fan Theory. It's um, they're basically a pop culture podcast out of New Jersey. And uh, Michael Uslan is he's a, a producer of all of the Batman films, uh, all the the Dark Knight series, and he's also been a producer. I think he's a producer on Batman v Superman. Well, he owned, he he actually acquired the film rights to Batman all the way back uh, to the first Tim Burton movie. So he right. locked those in, and so his name of anything live action or animated. If it's a film and it has to do with Batman, his name is on it because he got those rights. Yeah. Okay. So, so once again, uh, you fill in all the gaps that I have. So this is awesome. Um, so he actually, it was, it was actually a very entertaining interview, and I recommend you go seek that out. The name of the podcast again is Fan Theory. Um, but the, at the very end of the podcast, Michael Uslan dropped something very interesting, and he said that there was going to be a major announcement, and the presumption was he was talking about Batman, that there was going to be a major announcement that they were going to drop at the New York Comic-Con on October 10th. So not too far away. So... Um, he wouldn't, you know, obviously go into any details at that point. But, uh, you know, given who Michael Uslan is and given that he's involved with all of the, the Batman properties on film, what do you think, Scott, he might be hinting at here? Okay, I have two theories. Okay, first, we may get an effect 
official sanctioned announcement about uh, Batflex solo films. Yeah. Possibly. Uh, that's one thought that came to me. The second one is going back to our Bill Finger discussion from last week. I wonder if we're going to get some sort of official statement of they say that Bill Finger is going to get credit and maybe we'll get some official statement about what the wording is going to sound like for mm, that. Okay. Because Michael Uslan has also been a very big part of the you know give finger a hand movement about lobbying for bill finger to have creative credit on batman so i'm speculating either more details maybe official language about what that bill finger credit's going to look like or maybe we get a solid announcement about solo batfleck movies yeah so i think it's the former uh because one of the things that was mentioned uh by the host of the podcast is they had actually recorded this interview uh, about two weeks ago. And so this was well before the news of the um, the Bill Finger thing came out. So so I think you're spot on that this is going to be the official, some sort of official announcement of you know a solo Batman film or series of films or maybe even you know who might be directing and scripting uh, the films. We've There's been a pretty persistent rumor out there that Ben Affleck was going to direct a solo Batman film titled The Batman and uh, co-scripted by Jeff Johns. Uh, so I I'm betting it's probably going to be something along those lines. Which would be awesome. Yeah. So anyway, so we'll see. Uh, so I, I don't have any additional theories of what that might be because that was the same one that I had. So so anyway, so stay tuned. Uh, we should hear some really big news on, on October 10th then. So, all right. So I think that's probably about it for this week's podcast. A lot of news this week, actually. Yeah, a lot of news. Which it was funny because it didn't seem like there was going to be a lot. Then you start talking about it and you're like, wow, there was, there was a lot of news this week. Yeah, and we actually left some stuff in uh, in the show notes uh, that we'll maybe save for another time. Oh, next week. Definitely yeah. next week. Yeah, definitely next week. Well, so that's it for this week's podcast, and we want to thank you so much for listening. Once again, we hope you enjoyed the show and our discussion. Yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of fun for us, uh, and we would love to hear from you. So let us know if there's any news uh, that you would like to hear us touch on, or if there's something that you want us to even talk about. So, Scott, where can people find us at? Well, the quickest way is we are on Twitter. The show has its own account. It's at Suicide Squad Cast. You can tweet us there. Uh, but if you want to talk to us individually, you can reach me at my Twitter handle, which is at ScottDC27. And Tim, how about you? Yep, so same deal. I've got my own Twitter handle, and you can reach me at, at AllenFire. So very simple. And you can also reach the show at SuicideSquadCast at gmail.com. And we do answer all tweets and emails from fans of the show. So don't be shy. Yep, we love to interact with the fans. So please do not hesitate to reach out to us. And Scott, so uh, this is going to be our fourth episode. Up to this point, we have three episodes that we have launched and posted uh, on iTunes. And we had, up to this point, we had one uh, written five-star review. This past week, we've actually gotten two more. I know, it is so exciting. Yeah, so that's that's so good. So thank you guys so much for posting this. This is real important to us. Uh, as we've said before, we want to kind of spread uh, word about the show. Uh, so if you're enjoying it, please uh, go in there and and leave us a written review. And also, uh, just as a reminder, uh, we have a little giveaway. Once we have our 10th written five-star review on iTunes, we are going to give away randomly to one of the 10 a trade paperback of their choice uh, involving a Suicide Squad. It can be in print or it can also be digital. So uh, right now we have three reviews. We have three people that are entered in. We just need seven more. So I want to go ahead and read the second review that we got. So this is from Indy Burns. 
Barnes. And Indy says, enjoying the squad cast. Really enjoy the inside guys. The wait for the movie is hurting really, really bad. And he says, keep up the great work. So that's awesome, Indy Burns. Thank you so much for that review. Yep. And uh, we got a second one, two in one week. Unheard of. Uh, <laughs> we from Fat Man 5150. That's him, not us. And he says, great show. This is a great show for fans of Suicide Squad and the DC Extended Universe in general. Really refreshing to hear so much positivity concerning my favorite, my personal favorite comics company. Keep up the great work, guys. And Fat Man 5150, we thank you for noticing our positivity. That's something we really have worked hard on on this show. And we want to yes. keep that up. Yep. And so, um, guys, one of the little things with uh, iTunes is when you post a review, I don't really have a direct way of contacting you. So so for Indy Burns and Fat Man 5150, please send us an email. Let us know how we can contact you uh, in case you're the winner of this contest when we get to uh, review number 10. So, Well, that's it. Uh, thank you guys for, for listening. We hope that you're downloading. And hey, don't forget, if this is your first time listening to us, check out some of our old episodes. They're there. Yep, they're there. <laughs> Lots of good listening. And, uh, you know, if you've got other uh, friends and family or acquaintances that would enjoy the show, please let them know about it. We we definitely want to uh, build up our audience as we go along. All right, Scott, great show again. And uh, I think that's it. So let's go ahead and get us out of here. So take it easy, guys, and we'll see you next week. See you next week, everybody. I didn't know it was going to be this cold in Antarctica. Where's that heater at? Oh, I think I, I, I think that's the button over there. Hold on. Let me, let me press it for no, you. No, no, Scott, don't push that button.